Welcome, thank you everyone for joining us. This is Parshan Thursday Night on Sinai Radio, SinaiRadio.com and the Sinai Radio app. I am Moshe Teichman, thank you for joining us again. And this week's Parsha is Parshish Mishpatim. Okay, so there's a Gemara in Brachos. Um, actually, before we get to the Gemara in Brachos, I want to tell you a story. Okay, so this is a true story. Um, because I'm pretty sure the person who this story is about wouldn't want me to publicize what they did. It's a positive thing, but I know that the person wouldn't want me to say their name. I'm going to make up names for the story. So let's let's come up with a um, a name, random on the spot. Let's call her Mrs. Mrs. Goldman. Okay, so nice generic Jewish name. Um, again, not her real name. So Mrs. Goldman has a... Um, Let's say she is a person who helps a lot of people. She's in education, and a lot of people know that if they have an issue with education, they should come to Mrs. Goldman, and they'll help her out. Um, she slightly does it as a career, slightly as a chesed. Um, and the story I'm about to tell you, I heard directly from um, someone who, who saw it, like, it happen. Um, and uh, what happened was she gets a phone call one day that there is a man who is desperately trying to get his son... Um, into a school, um, a special ed school, and he's having no hatzlacha. He's not finding the right place, and any time he tries, he fails, and he's a little bit desperate. So one of his friends told him to call Mrs. Goldman. Mrs. Goldman gets on the phone, and within within just a minute, hours, she uses her contacts and her pull to help this man with his son. Um, and she thinks none of it at the time. Okay, it's you know it's a run of the mill. She does everything she could to help him, and. You know, Baruch Hashem, the, the child is placed where he needs to be, gets the help that he needs to get, and Shalmai Estrella, she is very happy to be able to help him, and then she goes on and continues her, her life and her day. Um, let's say a few years later, let's say five years later, uh, Mrs. Goldman and her husband found out pretty bad news that Mr. Mr. Goldman, Mrs. Goldman's husband, didn't, wasn't able to see anymore. And um, Mr. Goldman was a big mass, but he loved to learn. Um, and with the loss of his eyesight or partial of partial eyesight, he would now not be able to learn into a safer. So yes, there is many tar tapes and and share them. There's one on Sinai Radio on Thursday nights to share. You know, partial share. I'm sure you all know about. But he didn't. Um, he wanted to be able to read it, um, and he was having a very hard. His eyesight was very poor, and um, Mrs. Goldman was trying to find you know resources for this man. She found the number, one of her friends gave her a number to something, and she called this person, and without like skipping a beat, this guy came over and gave him these big printed gemaras and big printed sedurim and a machine that he could, that he could use to read, the, 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 you know, like a magnifying machine, and really this man, who they called, went out of his way to help them, and he... he comes in and he, he does, sets everything up. He spends time explaining. He gets them all the context and he really goes out of his way to help this man. And um, at one point, Mrs. Coleman says to this man, I don't understand, you know, I, I appreciate you're helping us. Uh, so let me pay you. He, she goes, he goes, no, it's all bechinam, it's free. For, for what you did for me five years ago, I will do anything. Turns out this man was the man who called her five years ago for help with her son. And it's true story. Um, and, and we see it amazing sometimes when we do chesed and we do it with, with Belev Shalom and we do it with, without realizing HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you know, pays us back. We, we never know what our actions, our actions have ramifications, our actions have amazing 
um, outcomes sometimes of our actions. Um, we do the shape Shemayim, obviously, but Akadosh Baruch Hu has his ways of of mativ alatzmo, mativ someone in this world. Um, now, I bring up the story because a lot of times you say, "Okay, I'm going to go do something good," and 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 there's a concept that if we do something good, it's going to pay us back, and it'll pay us back in this world. I'll do a kind deed for someone. I'll do a kind something for someone, and you know it will it will it will it will do something good for us. But the truth is, that's not always the case. We don't always know the impact of what we've done, the impact of a good thing we've done. Um, and sometimes we don't know, and sometimes you know it could be we never hear you know anything positive in this world from for the good deed that we did or the good thing that we did. And we um and we go on with our lives thinking, hey, I don't make I don't make a difference. I want to tell you another story. You know, not not that this is story time; it's a parsha share. But I'm going to get to the parsha in a second. I just thought this story would be very important. This story I also heard from the person it happened to. Um, there is a I could say his name. He told the story. There's a rabbi, Rabbi Rodin from Texas. Now I'm going to tell the story probably wrong or miss some some facts. So if anyone knows the true story, please feel free to correct me. But I, I, I think I have a pretty good, accurate version. And he tells a story that, that there was a man who came into his shul or, or, and offered to give a, a hefty donation to the shul, the school that he was helping to run. Um, and this man was not religious, no nothing. And um, Rabbi, Rabbi Rodin is like, what, why are you giving us this donation almost? You know, you know, as a fundraiser, that's a very dangerous thing to say. And um, he tells him, Listen, when I was at I was in Israel and I went to the Kotel and I was, you know, looking around at the holy sites, I'm not religious, but there was one thing that caught my eye. There was a man and he was standing by the Western Wall and he looked as if he was talking to God. The way he moved with sincerity, the way he spoke, the way he prayed as if he 100% believed that God was right in front of him, it was something I can't get out of my head. And I said, when I go back to Texas, you know, I'm, I'm going to give give a donation. And he gave a very hefty donation to Rabbi Rodin um, or to the school or so, something. He helped out um, in an institution where he was. And it was interesting to know that this man, Haredi man in Eretz Yisrael, is never going to know the impact that he had. On this man, he is never going to know that his innocent davening spurred a tremendous donation of being able to marbit's Torah, bring Torah to Texas. He would never know that, but his action meant something. And I think for all of us, our actions do mean something. We don't necessarily see it, but there's a deeper there's a deeper meaning. I think at this week's parsha, especially the Archaim Hakadosh, I think we could see something even deeper. Our impacts even more. Not just, of course, our actions mean something, but something more than that. Um, and I almost by chance fell upon this Orchayim, and I want to preface it with a Gemara. The Gemara that we were, were teasing at the beginning of the share. Let's go into that Gemara. This is Gemara in Mesechthus Brachos. Again, it seems like every week this week, since Dafyomi has started, I've been quoting Brachos Gemaras. I, it's not on purpose. It just happens. Maybe there's there's you know, a brachos fever. It happens to be the Gemara that's connected. The Gemara brachos says as follows: says Sadikim be misasan kruin chayim. Righteous people, when they die, they're called alive. 
And I'm sure, I don't have it in front of me, I'm sure the Gemara continues, or, or I've seen it somewhere else, that Rashaim Bimichayim Karamesim, that evil people in their lives are considered dead. Now, I never really understood that Gemara. Yes, I know there are Mepharshim, and I know there are explanations, and I know the explanation is that when a righteous person does good in this world, it doesn't just stop. Exactly what we said before. When he does something good, it has ramifications that are everlasting. And it is amazing. Think about it. I can do something good and it will stay on forever. Amazing ramifications. I have a, I have a, a you know, uh, for example, my Rebbe inspired me to teach Torah. His Rebbe inspired him. I might one day hopefully have the Zuchus inspiring someone else. And that continues on generation to generation. That cannot be erased. So, of course, when someone who did something amazing in this world, his, he has such, such effect. The problem with that explanation is that I never understood why it's only tzaddikim. Why only righteous people? Anyone who does a mitzvah, anyone who does a sincere action, even if he eventually does bad things, is called a tzaddik. Here's my question. I don't, I don't have an issue with that explanation. I just don't see if the Gemara was trying to teach us that our, our, our actions have ramifications. And if someone is a tzaddik and there's so many good things, he is forever going to be considered alive because his actions just going to continue repeating, repeating, repeating and, and, and domino effect. That's great. I just don't, I, I don't know if that's what the Gemara is telling us. And I saw this amazing Archaim. And Archaim is in this week's Gemara. And Archaim is in this week's Parsha. And in this week's Parshan, Parshan Mishpatim, Perik Chafei, Pasuk Hey, it's talking about an Eved, an Eved Ivri, who now goes free after a certain amount of time. Um, and it says, Im Baal Ishahu, if he has a wife, if he was given a wife, Yatsa Ishto Imo, his wife goes out with him. The Archaim says an amazing idea. The Archaim says, Kan Ram Torah Sod Gadol. Over here, the Torah is teaching us a very important idea. Now, a remez is not necessarily a halacha that we learn out from it. It's a hint. The Torah is hinting something to us. The Torah is, is not outright telling it to us, but remez, be hinting to us a concept. The Archaim learns out a hint from this Torah. He says that when a person goes, and he and we'll get back to exactly how this fits in a second, he acquires his neshama in this world. He becomes the husband, to, so to speak, to this neshama hakadosha, to this holy neshama. So I think, then he quotes this Gemara in the Zohar, when I think what, the, what, what, what Archaim goes on for, for a few more lines, what he's telling us is an amazing idea. Saying that in this world, if you do my simha tovim, if you are in this world, in this world that we live in right now, as an Eved, and you serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Belev Shalom, and you do anything that you need to do, and you follow the mitzvahs, and you waddle through everything that goes through your life, and wade through everything that goes into your life, and you try your hardest and do all the mitzvahs that you possibly can do. It's not just, hey, I'm doing good things. It's you, you fuse, to so to speak, your body, who you are, together with your holy neshama. Because we know that we have basically two parts to us. We have our guf and we have our neshama. 
We have our holy neshama that is put into the guf, the body that seeks worldly pleasures. And if we follow the neshama, we become one together with that neshama, with that holy neshama. And the neshama never dies. The neshama never ceases to exist. It's our bodies that cease to exist after 120 years. Our bodies are placed into the ground. Our bodies that are, are cease to exist. But our neshama akidosha, our holy neshama stays forever. So someone who goes and, let's say, clings to that neshama, clings to the mitzvahs and does what he needs to do and focuses his effort on doing good in this world and following the Torah in this world and not doing what makes you feel good, but what's right. Then he kona, he makes a acquire, he acquires his neshama. And it's no longer just in neshama. It's his. It's all ours, but we cling to the neshama. And when after 120, our neshama stays alive forever. It's an amazing idea. It sounds like the Archaim is saying an amazing idea. That's what it means. In their death, they're considered alive because the neshama is still alive. And they cling fully to the neshama. And their neshama is not dirty. Their neshama is not full of any worldly thing. Their neshama is a very lofty high level. And I think it's not just that our actions, like we said at the beginning, will end up giving us good stuff. You know, that's a good thing. Or, or we get reward for our actions. Or, you know, everything that we do affects someone else and helps someone else. I think it's more than that. It's our actions help us, help us almost cling to our neshama. And we become holy because of that. We become spiritual on a spiritual level, impossible for a human being to attain unless he follows the path of the Torah mitzvahs. That's an amazing thing. And if you think about that for a second, then our actions are no longer just self, you know, um, if I do it, it's, it's more than that. Our actions are helping us cling to our neshama. That when the time comes, we have something. Now obviously people, obviously everyone has a neshama. It sounds like Rechayim is saying that we, we, we become like almost inseparable. Who we are is our neshama. That is the most amazing thing. Um, yeah, I just, I saw that and I thought that was amazing to share. It's more than just, you know, doing good. It's, 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 it's as if we're, you know, purifying ourselves with all our actions to be able to get this high level. It's a, you know, it's a very, Hard concept because it's Zora, obviously. But I thought there was something worth sharing. Okay, I want I want to answer a question that is bothering me. I'll be honest. You look at last week's parsha, right? The Jews get the Torah, and they get a, they get a bunch of different commandments. Okay, now at the end of the parsha, it talks about the mizbeach, right? It gives it gives halachos about the mizbeach. Okay, we just got the Torah. The Jews know they're going to get a bunch of halachos, they're going to get a bunch of laws. We know the 613 mitzvahs were given, now the Jews have to be told them and explain them and learn them. Great. Now what happens? Comes Parshas Mishpatim ve'elo ha-mishpatim. These are the laws. That are placed before you. And then uh, it goes on to speak for a numerous, numerous pesukim about the halachos of being Adam lechaveiro. Between a man and his friend. Nowhere 
Well, a few times maybe, but not really talking about God. It's talking about how one should treat his friend in different situations. And damages, you know, I, I know I'm doing Gemara with my class now. It's in Pasuke and Perich In Baba Kama. Right? We have Baba Kama, Baba Basa, Baba Metzia, all in this Parsha, where the Torah talks about all these different halachos. And if you, you listen to Lady the Shabbos and keep going, you see all these different halachos. And then, at the end of the Parsha, when it's all said and done, it talks about Shalosh Rukam, Chag Hamatzos, it talks about Shemitah, it talks about, um, that, yeah, different halachos to do between man and God. So the question I have is that for almost two parakim at the beginning of the parsha, all he talks about is Bein Adam Lechavero. And at the end, it talks about Le'adam Lechavero. But last week's parsha, when it started the halachos, it sounded like it was talking about Mizbeach, which is Bein Adam Lechavero. So just continue with Bein Adam Lechavero. Why are we going back to Bein Adam Lechavero? It's, it's, it sounds a little bit interesting. And I was thinking about this question, and I, I don't know if this really answers the question. But, you know, tonight I already told two stories. I'll tell you another story. Well, it's not really a story, much more like an idea that I heard. Um, so, it's no secret, already spoke, I'm a Rebbe. <laughs> I teach, you know, 6th, uh, 7th, 8th grade. Um, and the, we teach them Gemara. We started in 5th grade Gemara. And the question was asked to Rav Moshe Feinstein many, many, many years ago. And the question was asked, what Gemara should a Rebbe start teaching when the first time a student teach, learns Gemara, what Gemara should he teach? Now, some schools, you know, they start with brachos, but Rav Moshe was animate. Rav Moshe was very, 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 very strict that you should only start with Baba Kama or Baba Metziah. Start with Elo Metzias. Start with the Perik in Baba Metzias that talks about lost objects. Now, one of his Talmudim wanted to know why why Rav Moshe Feinstein was so um, animate on Elo Metzias, talking about lost objects. What is that so important? The following is what I heard that he said. He said as follows. He said, people, well, the boy is going to learn about brachos, He's going to learn about Kriya Shema, about the proper time to say Kriya Shema. He's going to learn about Shmona Esrei, the proper time to say Shmona Esrei, how someone should daven. He's going to go home, right? And he might see his father not daven, or his father not be careful with that. Then he's going to lose, he's going to lose what Torah really is. But when it comes, if the first thing you teach the child is the proper way to treat a friend. If your friend loses something, if your friend loses an object, you know, one of the Mishnayos in Yibam Metziah talks to your friend loses an object, you have to wait a long time. You have to look everywhere. You have to go and, and announce it. You have to do this and that and make sure he gets it back. That's the proper way to start off the Gemara learning for the child. That a child has to know that caring for another person is important. In this world. And I think that sheds light 
on to the reason why all these Bein Amal Chaveros are here in this parsha. Why they are the first thing. Because Hashem I, did not put us on an island that we just be avodas Hashem and that's it. He put us with other people. Part of the reason is that we could show chesed and kindness the same way and, and emulate Hashem's kindness and Hashem's chesed to other people. And that is exactly one of the reasons why, at least my opinion, why there is so many community mitzvos. You almost can't live <laughs> far, far away. You have to live in a community, in a Jewish community, with kashras and mikvah and all these hard mitzvos. And unless you live in a Jewish community, they're very difficult to keep. Communal, almost communal activities, that you need a community. And I think that's, that's the reason. Because we were not here just to serve Hashem. We're here to emulate Hashem. And how do we emulate Hashem? By following our are following the ways of Hashem, doing chesed and kindness. You know, I think that fits very well with what we were saying before. Think if somebody really wants to emulate and become closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the only way you could really become closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is by emulating HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, of course, davening, learning Torah, and doing all the mitzvahs that are not being on the are super important. I'm not saying they're not. But if we emulate Hashem, we emulate Hashem through acting like Hashem in Chesed, there's nothing greater than that. You know, Avraham Avinu, it always struck me that we know Avraham Avinu, if you learn, if you reach, if you, like we mentioned last week, Shmona Esrei, right? Avraham Avinu, Avraham Avinu. You know, if you look at the Mepharshim, some of them say the reason why we say, Eloke Avram, Eloke Yitzchuk, Yaakov, Avinu excelled in kindness. Yitzchuk Avinu excelled in Vodas Hashem, in service of God. And Yaakov Avinu excelled in learning Torah. I always wondered, why is it that Avram Avinu, the Chesed, when he understood God, what was that? Why did he grasp onto Chesed? And I think the answer is obvious. Avram Avinu knew that part of our reason of being here is to emulate Hashem. And the way to emulate Hashem is to emulate Him. He gives to us, we should give to other people. And that is what I think, that is what I think, one of the ways we could really, really fulfill our purpose in this world is not just to think about ourselves, to think about other people also. And, and I think that that's, that's a tremendous opportunity that we have, you know, especially when we were learning this week's parsha and seeing all the how careful we have to be with other people and how careful we Hashem cares about other people and to give us these laws and how careful we have to want, make sure that if we damage them we should have to pay them and keep just keep reading all these how careful we have to be you know that that's very different than the culture we live in now I think you know, I see a lot going on outside, and it's a lot of me, 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 me. And even the people who are saying, no, I care for other people. But it's only if they make me happy. Only if these other people are someone that I could use. or it's, It just feels like that. Only if I know I'm getting something out of it. You know, like our first story. But, you know, I'll do it if I'm going to get something out of it. Now, in that case, the person did it because she didn't think she was going to get anything out of it. But it almost becomes that. You know, what's in it for me? And I think it's about time 
that we say that it's not what's in it for me. That's not emulating God. Obviously, we do something not for the right purpose. It will end up becoming for the right purpose. But I think that if we have to step over that line and get into what is the right purpose, doing things when they're not convenient for me, doing things for other people when it's not necessarily something I want to do. I'm not motivated. But I want to help somebody. Because I know if I help someone, I'm emulating HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And, it's, and it's, it's, it's what Hashem wants us to do. And that's beautiful. Think about all the amazing things we could accomplish, an amazing relationship we can make. Think, let's take that, let's take that, when we're reading this part, let's take that to heart. And let's try, start emulating Hashem. And use the rules, the laws that He put in us as our guide there's a way how careful we have to be with other people and also how careful we have to be to emulate him in the right way. So have a, thank you again for joining us. This has been Parsha on Thursday night on Sinai Radio, SinaiRadio.com and the Sinai Radio app. Again, if you have any questions, comments, or just to say hi, or if you'd like to sponsor a episode of this show, please Email me at Rabbi M. Teichman and gmail.com. Again, it's Rabbi M. Teichman. R-A-B-B-I-M-T-E-I-C-H-M-E-N at gmail.com. Thank you and have a wonderful night and a great Shabbos.